It's Tuesday night, and that can only mean one thing. There's one place for you to be, and it's right here with us on Dynasty Points. The last Dynasty Points till February 27th. Now, let me just add, that does not mean that all Dynasty content at FantasyPoints.com is leaving you in this super degenerate, insane time of year where people do startups already. No. Dynasty Points Market Report is going to be recorded tomorrow, first episode, and after that we go live every week. Okay, We are going to be here for you. There will be two Dynasty shows here at FantasyPoints.com for you. We're going from, from very little Dynasty content to a ton of Dynasty content. So don't worry, we are going to be here. Two Dynasty Points shows, the Market Report recorded tomorrow with myself and Andy Buckler. Not going to want to miss it. Andy is a super sharp dynasty player. He's right in the weeds with us. That being said, Jacob, this, every year we take a break. Uh, it's it's kind of needed. Um, it can definitely, the season can definitely burn you out, especially everything you're doing, the best ball, the writing, the, it's, it's a lot. But before you get out of here, do not think that I'm not going to sit here and pick your brain about startup strategy. Today on the show, we're going to have early ADP guesses. Sick. People are absolutely sick. Every person <laughs> keeps asking me these questions about startups, Nick. Startups. Oh, what, what, what would you do in this round of a startup? What do you think about startups? Do people have family members? Do people have friends? Do people have loved ones? Do people have like beaches to walk on or snow to build sculptures out of, or I don't know, grass to touch or oceans to swim in? Like it is preposterous that all of you people are one week, one week and three days removed from this year's dynasty season. Right. We have draft season is going to be coming up in May. And then you have all summer full of startups and training camp. You're, you're probably going to want to start getting into your pre-draft evaluations come March and April. Like you have two months, January and February, <laughs> in which you don't absolutely need to be doing Dynasty 24-7. And yet you are. And to that, I say a couple things. First of all, you're a sick fuck. Second of all, you found the right show. Um, and third of all, despite my objection to everything that you stand for, I'm here to help tonight for an hour or so. <laughs> for an hour or so. No, I love it, man. It's It never ends. Uh, I've been saying in the Fantasy Points Discord that it, it really does never end. And we're going to, like you said, we're going to be here. We have lots. We have some giveaways to talk about, some Super Bowl repicks. We're going to rehash what we picked in the preseason, where that went to. Uh, rookie strategy and startups, if you're doing kickers in place of, of rookies right now, which, I mean, you're a real sicko if you're drafting rookies and startups right now. We don't even know everyone who's declaring. You're a real sicko. Uh, we got some fun stuff to preview. So <clears throat> I just want to lead off the show with the winner of the player picks. I just want to get it out early. Uh, Jacob. One this year. Oh, look at that! After shout getting uh, with an asterisk heat, by the way, for the assist. Yeah, with it, we're gonna give him an asterisk because we gave Jacob a free week because he was so far behind, and Ryan Heath 
absolutely knocked it out of the park uh, to get him in the lead. But Jacob wins with a total of... Shahid. What a call. <laughs> Unbelievable call. And Taylor. Taylor took it home. 662.26 PPR points for Jacob. Lucas in second, 657.36. And an absolute collapse. A Jacksonville Jaguars-esque collapse oh, no. for me Probably at 625 point eight four points so jacob is picking the drinks he's gonna have to come up with some virgin uh uh versions because lucas does not drink but i have a feeling i am i am going to be in rough shape by the end of whatever day we cover dynasty points covers the draft for fantasypoints.com it's going to be rough uh it's not a kettle jersey okay this is a arizona Cardinals Dynasty tight end two Trey McBride jersey. So shout out uh, tr- Mr. Trey McBride. TDs in the chat. We have Trav in the chat. Everybody, Sean. We 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 love all you guys. All right, player picks out of the way. Shout out Jacob, but not really. Asterisk on this win. Uh, I led for so long to start the year, and like the Jaguars, just absolutely bit the bullet. Uh, terrible. Terrible, it, terrible. It, it's sad. I felt really good with 55 points in the last week of the season, only to see that Jacob scored 57. Just a fantastic last week of calls. I do feel a little bad for Thomas. He had one player who only had one touch in his last week, one player who had zero touches in his last week. So uh, it was unfortunate, especially after a great Wentz backup call uh, after originally going with Flacco. Uh, I thought yeah, made thought the he had sub. a chance, but... Wentz, man, absolutely embarrassing to the league that Flacco and Wentz (laughs) went unsigned for so long while absolute dog water, mediocre quarterback play was rampant across the league. So many injuries. And we had guys that should have been signed just sitting on their couches come in and absolutely ball out Flacco's in the playoffs technically Wentz is in the playoffs too but looked more than capable of being better than the Trevor Simeons of of the world here it's just egregious and the NFL needs to to stop this shit like it's it's bad hot take but if my Broncos do end up cutting Russell Wilson over the offseason it's going to happen give me Carson Wentz over Jarrett Stidham like Seriously, yeah. like, oh, I can't go one. through a full season of that, especially with You're the not going to a full season the of one- Jarrett, don't worry. We're sitting at the 112. I, I guess we can draft Michael Phoenix. I I don't know. I'm not too super high on him, especially after no, last night. Sec- which I think he's a second-round pick. And I don't easily that just because of last night. I, I felt that way yeah, prior exactly. to the Texas game. I felt that way after the Texas game. I feel that way currently. I, I mean, I would say that he is, he's far better than he was last night, and he's not as good as he was in the Texas game. Um, but uh, yeah, to me, he's not a first round pick. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to the rookie quarterbacks coming up in this this draft because it's going to be a very curious case. And it's pretty clear after the first like two or three, and after that, there's like six to seven guys that could be picked in the top two rounds, and it's just uh, insane. Mm-hmm. I'm going to derail this entire show. Do it um, uh, naturally, of course. Uh, look, I'm not a Penix guy or Penix or Penis, whatever. Um. Can can broadcast stop? I've tweeted about it. Oh, so I know. I'm, I'm oh, getting yeah. Getting on this rant all over yeah. again because I already yeah. tweeted about it. Can broadcast stop just looking at plays and just highlighting whatever random wide receiver is running open? Like, can they just? It's so annoying. It's not instructive. It's not helpful. Like when we're watching, we only know so much. We we can never know for sure how they're mm-hmm. coached to read a certain play. 
what indicators they're looking for from the defense. We can't be certain of who's the first read, who's the second read, who's the third read, who's the fourth read. But we can guess. We can look where the quarterback's looking. We can assume that most of the time they're probably looking at the correct first read. We can also, for instance, look at a given play in which they're running flood to one side with an out and then a fade route that's paired. And then another side with just a random backside post. And guess that probably unless there's something alerting him pre-snap, you're never reading the solo post first. You're going to be reading the multi-level concept first on the other side of the field. All this to say, this drives me uh, fundamentally insane when we get these announcers playing spotlight on the open wide receiver, who's almost certainly the third or the fourth read, or at the very least, we don't know when they are, and then just blaming the quarterback every time. So he's supposed to have like night vision goggles, keeping an eye on four wide receivers at once. It drives me crazy. It makes people dumber. It's aggravating. And I'm sick of it. These people know better. It, it was a little disappointing to see him miss some of the open throws. Like they, Washington Absolutely. just wasn't clicking last night. They they picked the worst game to have a bad night. Yeah. It happens. Congratulations to Michigan, though. They they did an excellent job of at least trying to make him uncomfortable. I think they only had one sack up until maybe the last drive. They may have snuck a second sack in there. But uh, congratulations to them on a great season. And uh, holy cow, that first quarter just completely out physical them like, it looked like they were gonna it looked like it was gonna be like 49 to 3 and good for washington's defense for bucking up and actually keeping giving washington like a very legitimate chance yeah um to win the game and their offense just couldn't get it done ryan heath is here he says football announcers only exist to piss us off i'm gonna piggyback off of what you said i watched that raven steelers game and let me tell you if there was ever a time where i felt like the announcers had money on a certain player. It was in that game. I don't remember the last time I heard an announcer every play, regardless of down, situation, time on the clock, anything, formation, whether he was on the field or not. Oh, they really uh, not getting the ball to George Pickens here. It's going to be crazy. It was the end of the game. They were getting set to kick a field goal after running the clock down to make it impossible for Baltimore to win. It was like second and one. And he's like, he's going to have Pickens down at the bottom of the screen one-on-one. I don't know why they just don't throw it up to him and, and get him. Up. Because they needed to run the ball, to run the clock, to win the game. And all he can talk about the whole night. Oh, Pickens, Pickens, Pickens. Uh, throw it to Pickens, Pickens. Yeah, Pickens insane that Pickens. Deontay Johnson sure. cooking, cooking. And they're like, no, it's got to be Pickens. This is insane to me. It felt like he had money on the game. Stop that. Like, Ryan, you're absolutely right. It is. It makes it impossible to watch. I would rather listen to a Troy Aikman game where he doesn't get the Cowboys and he's just a whiny bitch the entire game. I would rather listen to that than, like Jacob said, just for no reason pushing an agenda when clearly everyone else watching can go, oh, yeah, that, well, that's why. It's embarrassing. There are so many other smarter people. That can be calling these games. It's terrible. And I do not look forward to the playoffs for this. Rant over. We can turn the rant music off. Jeez. Uh, I, I I know we just derailed the show there, but I I think you were yeah. right. I did I, I, it had to be said. Sorry. It had to be. There's a reason we did an announcer draft, right? Not even a draft, but we picked our yeah, dream crews. There's a reason we did that a couple shows ago because it was just necessary. 
damn. Shout out to the college announcing too. Like the college was was fine up until like Jacob said the issue with the with the open receivers type stuff. But I've been enjoying uh, college coverage. So there you go. Step it up. Okay, let's let's actually talk about what we're here to talk about. We're gonna take a quick second when we come back. We're we're just gonna we're just gonna cool off. A little heated right now. Like we're up here. We started off mellow and then we just went right up. We're gonna take a quick second. Let me come back. Uh, early ADP guesses and some draft tactics for you absolute sickos. This is going to take up the bulk of the program. So strap in. Back in five. In years past, it's I think it's been pretty settled on how the first round of startups is kind of going to shake out. I think this year we're going to get some seriously disrupting picks because some players absolutely balled out some guys got hurt some might lose value some quarterbacks gained value some shouldn't have been drafted in the first round last year and they're definitely not going to be drafted in the first round this year justin fields so let's talk about it i have a different dynasty qb1 uh than pretty much like what i've seen everywhere it's josh allen to me even in his like where he's throwing up YOLO balls into hilarious coverage for no reason, he still is the QB one, and I don't see any reason this changes. It clearly doesn't need to be Stefan Diggs. He's just an absolute monster. I think he's past Mahomes uh, and should have been a past Mahomes for a couple of years. So he's my one one. Okay, but after that, I think there's a, a plenty of doors opened up here. I think Lamar Jackson is back for for the top three. I still think it's Mahomes too. But I think that third spot that was so firmly planted is Jalen Hurts. I think there's some wiggle room there now. Mm-hmm. The top five seems pretty pretty close, no matter how you want to shake it, right? I think it's uh, I have it right now as Allen. Stop stop me when you think I'm wrong, but I have it Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, um, Stroud, Lamar would be my top five right now. Right, you said Allen, Mahomes. Hurts, Hurts. Lamar, right? yeah, is what I have. Is my top five. I actually think that's my top five dynasty rankings. This is, this is fun overall. to do because I'm going to try and do my off-season rankings uh, this week. Um, yeah, I, I'll have. I don't think I'll have a preference. I'll I'll definitely have Allen Mahomes in the same tier and in a tier of just those two. Um, I'm not sure who I'll put first. Probably Allen, uh, but I don't really have a large take on that one either way. Um. I think I, I think I would stand by kind of the the take that I trotted out earlier in the year, where I think I would put Stroud third. Okay, um, I think that's I totally put, fair. I'd probably put Lamar fourth. I mean, Hurts is is. We'll see what happens with the competition committee this year. Yeah, right? like it is going to change with it. this because, like, as long as well, let's see what happens with Kelsey's retirement because I think he has a lot to do with the success of that play. I mean, as long as the tush push is in existence, Hertz is on par with Lamar from a week to week, season to season basis. Or sorry, with, with Allen, I mean to say, um, ahead of Lamar. Um, but like, he's he's not as good of a real life quarterback as Allen and Mahomes. Certainly not as good of a real life quarterback as Stroud, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert. Mm. Uh, that matters to me to to an extent, like. If he if he's gonna be able to keep scoring 
23, 24, 25 fantasy points per game, it's fine because I, I don't think that like there's any short-term or medium-term risk to my talent concerns with him. Like he's not going to be jobless anytime soon. Right. But if you start taking away the tush-push touchdowns that he's getting and now he's purely reliant on scrambling value and his own passing value, then I think he's more in the Kyler Murray category of okay. running quarterback who's good but not elite rather than like Josh Allen clone. So that would, that would I think be that's my fair. concern with Hurts. Yeah, um, I'm looking at DLF right now. And the last time that they updated their ADP was December 22nd to 23rd. Josh Allen's one. Jalen Hurts is at two. Followed mm. by Patrick Mahomes, CJ Stroud, and Lamar Jackson. That's also re- your top five overall. So the top five is pretty set. I think I would right. probably put Lamar over Stroud and have mm. Hurts at five. But that's that's basically my only difference in what you all are saying. Right. I think that so I after looking at it, CJ Stroud, obviously we got clowned a little bit for for being as early as we were on Stroud. I mean, you were a little earlier than me. But I, I did get there very quickly, I mean, even with Scott Barrett. Uh, but I think we saw probably the best rookie season ever. I don't even think probably. I, I mean, through five interceptions. Like, I don't think that'll happen again like next year probably. There's some variance that's going to happen where touchdown regression probably, some turnover, whatever. But what he did is nothing short of amazing. And his upside is there on any given week. He does run enough. So I, I think he is there. I would put him over Lamar because Jackson has, and look, I get called like a my own Homer team hater a lot by Jacob here, but he does have that 10-point game in him more often than we'd like to see because they do feed the running back at the one-yard line. I feel like if they were a little greedier with him, that would change it. So in terms of just... You get half the benefits of the rushing quarterback, right? Like you get, mm-hmm. you get all the scrambles between the twenties and the design runs. And that helps a ton with his floor. And, and it gives him an insane ceiling because at any given week, he can run for a 70 yard touchdown, but like you, you definitely don't get the short yardage touchdowns that you get with Allen. And I mean, especially with Hurts because he's just like committing a scam upon society. But like, even with Josh <laughs> Allen, like, like, you know, like Josh Allen is still their primary goal line back. And occasionally yeah. he seeds carries to cook or any one other dusty vets. But like with Allen, like, or with Lamar, it's like he, he sometimes gets designed rushing attempts, but it's pretty rare. And usually it's more from the four or the five. Like when they get to the one, like it's not QB sneak time. It's, it's Gus time. Um, right. And that's like, you know, and Derek Henry time next thing. year. So it's not going to get much better. Yeah, that's the thing. Like maybe it's not Gus next year, but I, I just think like, you know, it's not like Gus Edwards is some like irreplaceable talent. I think philosophically they seem to want to have like a large designated goal line back and they'll probably keep having one because they're not that hard to find. I mean, if they want to bring Gus back, it's going to cost them like a million bucks. Like, I don't think that it's going to be difficult to retain the services if they desire to. Yeah. So the, so I, th- I think all of us, I think the five, I think is pretty, pretty locked in. I was crazy. He only had five rushing touchdowns. I just imagine he only had 29 total touchdowns. If he got to be greedy at the goal line, we would talk about the QB one, but he doesn't. So, and I think we'll get some regression on his passing touchdowns. Like, Mm. I think, like, there was, I mean, as a Lamar, as a heavily invested Lamar manager, like, this year was, was just, it's just one of those years where, um, 
you you get like a lot of it's like oh incompletion on first down running in on second down or mm-hmm. completion down to the two running in after that like I, I think we'll see more of those rushing touchdowns become passing touchdowns but I I mean it's just a pretty clear choice that like when the Ravens do decide to run it they usually run it with a running back um so you're I think you're you're mostly limited to passing touchdowns plus rushing between the 20s but you're not really counting on more than a handful of rushing touchdowns like that's like trevor lawrence level rushing touchdown production right i think i think it'll really come down to see if todd munkin comes back if todd munkin is back year two in this offense i think it opens up i remember this is the guy he started off so slow partly i think because again no preseason which i really hated right lack of an offseason with the contract first year i really hope munkin stays um He's been great here, and maybe just an upgrade from Dusty OBJ and Mega Bust Bateman would maybe make that a little higher. So that's the first five. When I got to six when I was prepping for this, things got wishy-washy for me because Herbert should easily be number six to me, and I don't think it should be much of a discussion. I think Herbert, even though he was having a quote-unquote down year, was still a top-five quarterback, and he's young enough... I, I think Herbert is still very good. However, after that, it was a Jefferson and Jamar Chase tier immediately after uh, in most drafts that I found. Don't know if that's going to be the case now. Trevor Lawrence, another down year, will probably drop him into the first round, whether you agree with it or not. Anthony Richardson's going to be a curious case. Kyler Murray's coming back. Tua is do you, Tua. Do you skip over Joe Burrow intentionally or by accident at this point? Deliberately. Uh, I'm coming back to Joe Burrow. Okay. I'm coming back to Joe Burrow. Um, but there's just there's like a weird tier after that. And I was just going to mention, I have a hard time figuring out where Joe Burrow fits into there. Uh, if he should still like, be after Chase or... Hmm? To me, he's Justin Herbert's Siamese twin. Wherever, wherever I put one, the other is is either um, right ahead of him or right behind him. Like, I, I see those two as pretty interchangeable. Completely agreed. Okay, see, I, I, I like Herbert quite a bit more than Burrow. Um, just personally, it's just a personal choice. I don't care. Like, I would like, it, I, I would could go like either Herbert way. More, I would like Herbert demonstrably more if he had a comparable... Like, if, if they draft more... If somehow, I don't... I can't see this happening. But let's say somehow... Arizona decides it wants to draft a tackle at four and Marvin Harrison jr. Is now a charger at five. So now Justin Herbert has his Jamar chase. Um, like now I, now I'm, I'm definitely prefer Herbert um, at that point, but for now I see it as like Herbert is, a, I think a little bit, I don't know. I think he's a little bit better. Maybe that's a hot take. Um, and I think he is, certainly a little bit more mobile, especially around the goal line. And then Burroughs kind of evening point is he's tied to Jamar Chase for the next like seven, eight years. While Herbert's weapons are like Keenan Allen, probably back for however long Keenan Allen is still good. And he's on a game to game basis. Uh, (laughs) And then who knows? I mean, I got to think five is probably a pass catcher, right? Like it's, if it's not Harrison and, and I can't imagine it's Harrison, uh, I think he'll go at three or at four, but it's probably neighbors or Bowers, right? Right. Hope. 
But until it is, I can't be certain. Uh, like I'll, I'll be pretty ex- and and until we see them play, right? Like I think Malik okay. Davis is going to be a total stud. But I, I've been wrong before. How close are we to moving Kyler Murray into the same tier as Burrow and Herbert? Are we he should still- be there already? He's okay. there for me. You right. never should have been out of it. Like we talked on this show at at nauseum that you're getting 106, 107 in the third round, and he's still a buy. Like he's yeah, still a buy. The only reason for me that he was below these guys was because he wasn't playing football. But like I, I always was of the view that mm-hmm. upon his return, he should be in that group. For for me, it's it's like the top two, and then it's Stroud and Lamar, and then it's you know, to me, it's it's a group. It's a group of six for me, and and it's like six slightly different asset types, which is like the the best of the pocket passers, Burrow and Herbert, the best receivers. Or maybe it's a group of seven. Honestly, Lamb might deserve to be in here too because Jefferson. Well, I was gonna I was gonna get to him and then, for sure. And then to me, it's Kyler and Hertz, which I think are are a more similar asset than maybe the market does. Uh, maybe I'm agree. overrating. Maybe I'm overrating the fragility of the tush push element of Hertz. Um, and if that's a part of his career for the so. long haul, then then I'm going to be wrong about that. But um, to me, they're kind of the same. Like I think they're like mm. 10 to 15 type quarterbacks in the league from like a talent perspective, like top 10 to top 15. And they run, um, which is great. And that that allows them to be you know valued, I think, similarly to quarterbacks who are better than them in Herbert and Burrow. But I don't think that Hurts is, frankly, a different asset class of quarterback than than Kyler Murray is. No, I agree. Uh, we have a question here. It says, "Is the Kyler concept based on Marvin Harrison Jr.?" No, it's just based on he's good. He's a twenty point per game player, and he's doing it with a great tight end. Sure, but outside of that, it's it's just garbage and James Conner. So, and coming off, like I don't think Kyler Murray was as bad as maybe some of his tape or his fantasy numbers might have might have led you to believe with with what he was doing but Kyler Murray was still very good coming off of an injury and probably rusty like we were talking about Did 17 23 20 how bad the team was before he came back and then he came back and they're basically a 500 team like that does yeah. that count for anybody count for yeah exactly one. We had set in a four-point pass touchdown league, 17, 21, 20. There was a 12-er in there against Pittsburgh. Then there was a 13-and-a-half-er against San Francisco. But then 20, 23, 17. Like, he was still very good. And with and no weapons. Like, nothing. He has, he has McBride, tight end. But, like, um, so, okay, sorry, Kevin – to, to, here are two questions in terms of based on MHA a little bit. Like I would say if they some if they don't draft Marvin Harrison or or neighbors or any wide receiver with their early pick, um, and we're going into next season with like a Michael Wilson, Rondale Moore wide receiver one and wide receiver two, then then that's a clear differentiator from Hertz. Like then yeah. I'm then I'm saying like they're about the same except AJ Brown, Devonta Smith versus nobody outside of the tight end. Um so it is it is kind of assuming that. Um and I mean, maybe Hertz can do it Josh Allen style, uh, but we don't know. So maybe. And I got to remember, this is right now, right? Like we're talking about early. There's a reason we said early ADP. Sorry, uh, uh, Lucas. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about startup 
strategies. And I know that going into a startup, nobody wants to take a loss on what the projected ADP is versus where you draft someone. Like, sure. that, you know, that doesn't feel great inside. But somebody, we mentioned him once, Anthony Richardson. He's sitting here right now, quarterback 12. He's 17, according to DLF right now, in terms of ADP. He's someone who I'm way more excited about drafting. Value. Yeah, but... I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot more people who are in your early startups who get excited about him. Mm -hmm. Are we willing to wait on someone like that and hoping that you're getting a little bit into the second round before you might have to trade up to get him? Or are you pulling around? Yeah. Are you like, when do you pull the trigger on someone you're excited about who ADP might not, quite have responded to yet so it, yeah, it hurts from the losing ADP, the value as soon but. as i think i think the adp as soon as we get out of any lag from the season where he wasn't playing games and, and that matter like I, I i think that my i mean my experience in the market is that they are pretty optimistic about young players i expect that he'll have an adp higher than kyler and it'll be in this same tier um yeah i don't know uh, I think it's fine to put him in the same tier as Kyler and Hurts. I guess I have more confidence in like the floor of Kyler and Hurts as long-term NFL Agreed. quarterbacks. Um, but I would say that in I, I think that the most likely scenario is that AR still has a very long future as an NFL quarterback. It's just we don't know for sure. He's finished like one game in his career. Yeah, I mean, like I'm way more excited about Anthony Richardson than I am Trevor Lawrence, than I am Dak Prescott, than I am Tua Tagovailoa. Like I. I think that the others are, might even be better than him for fantasy next year. Maybe not Trevor Lawrence. That's the one I have the least confidence about being better than him Richard's for fantasy. Be but ridiculous for fantasy. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, even though his floor scares me. I mean, I don't think Richardson has a scary floor for fantasy production. Like, I think Richardson's going to contend for QB one overall next year. Um, I think that from a long term perspective, um, we just have to see more. We we barely saw anything, but I think we should be encouraged with what we saw. Yeah, but again, with that first round, especially at the back end, this is where things kind of get weird for me. Uh, Again, we talked about how the top six, maybe the top seven, we talked about all the quarterbacks. Burrow being in there, Herbert, Hurts. We talked about that. Then after that, you think Chase and Jefferson, they get a pass, wasn't their fault, etc. They're going to be in that next two picks probably. Because remember, it it Generally, went Chase Jefferson and then Lamar Jackson was generally speaking how seven, eight, nine went. And at 10, people got uncomfortable and it got a little weird. You saw many different builds. Yeah. 10 could be anything from Justin Fields to Tua to Dak to Bijan to insert many number of players, CD Lamb, etc. Last year, drafting late in the first round was super, super bountiful. It was great. You got a lot of CD Lamb Bijan. You got a lot of um, AR Lamb. Jeez, uh, Bijan Dak. There's just a lot of cool combinations at the end of the first round. And again, I think we're there again. Because let's say at 10, let's just say you get uh, uh, Bijan. This is before rookies are really coming in because I really think Caleb's going to be a first-round draft pick uh, by the end of the year. Like Richardson was yep. 112. So I, I think we're going to get that with Caleb again. But I think Bijan's going to be a first-round draft pick. So how many uh, names did we already talk about? We talked about the top – we talked about 
we I went we've Allen. Got, like, Twelve names already, actually. Allen, Mahomes, Hertz, Stroud, uh, Burrow, Lamar. Herbert, Lamar. Have uh, Chase Jefferson Lamb. Chase Jefferson Lamb. We're at ten. And uh, and then Kyler. Let's Richardson go, here. Kyler and Richardson. So that knocks out Lawrence from last year, Fields from last year. No, he should not be. Um, and yeah, I think I, I would suspect. So that's why we Caleb get into a weird and Marvin Harrison Jr. Actually, have higher ADPs than Kyler. Yeah, I will for sure. Yep, I think Kyler's still going to get looked down on. I think Kyler's going to be a value next offseason. Um, yeah, for sure, he'll be a guy that I will want to take. I I think that Caleb and I think Richardson and Caleb maybe round out that eleven twelve, and then I think we're looking at Marvin and. Bijan and Brees as leading off the second round. Yeah, I think that that second round is going to be absolutely nasty. This is going to be a year, if you want to talk strategy, trade out of the first and get into the second. Because if we look at some of the names, A.J. Brown, um, we're going to talk, um, like we said, uh, oh my goodness, I'm losing track. There's a lot of names. Uh, we're talking Dak. Tua's still going to get taken in the second round, even though I don't think he should. Um, there's there's a, there's space for someone like Brock Purdy to make it. Puka Nakua's going to get there. Garrett Wilson's going to get there again. And like you said, the three running backs, Gibbs, Brees, uh, um, Bijan, are all going to get there. Amon Ra for sure going to be there. And then, I mean, hell, Bowers can get there. Laporta can get there if it's a tight end premium because we always assume it's a tight end premium amongst other quarterbacks. So the second round is going to be kind of nasty in terms of just pure value. How far is McCaffrey falling? Is he following all the way to mid third or do you think he's going to be sneaking into the second? No, I think he'll get drafted in the exact same spot mid third to fourth. Oh, he was never going mid third to fourth. Was he not? No, nah, he was all we saw second. was early third. Okay, there we go. Around the two, three. I think he'll stay around the two, three. Do you think he should like, stay around be... the two, three? I don't know. He's a one-on-one <laughs> asset. Like, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I would, I'll, I'll, I'm pretty much never going to take McCaffrey right. to start up, just because that just like unless he falls by a lot past his ADP. I, I'll never pick McCaffrey at his ADP in a startup, mostly because I just don't want to be locked into knowing what my team build has to be with the second or third pick that I make. Um, and McCaffrey just puts you in, in such a specific path of how you have to draft the rest of the room. Um, and it kind of locks you out of the chance to pick up value. So unless I'm in a room where it's like very clear to me early on, based on who I'm drafting with, that everyone's going to be chasing youth, especially hard. And, um, and McCaffrey is falling a little bit more than usual. And I go, okay, this is the team where I'm going to lean into kind of fading that youth. And I think that the value is going to be in veterans the whole way through the draft, then maybe, but yeah. And then neutral, like I, I want to maintain flexibility in my first few picks. And it's really hard to do that uh, when you start your draft with a 28 year old running back. I'd say that there's going to be a lot of these startups, though, that somebody's going to get to it. And Christian McCaffrey's going to be sitting on the board there and they're mm-hmm. sending you your next, like their next two first. And like, give me your pick right now because I want McCaffrey. They probably took Dak really early in the second round as well. And, you know, they're doing that like heavy veteran build because they're 
bound to determine that they're going to win it in their first year. And they're going to orphan the team off uh, yeah. when the when the league rolls over afterwards. Yeah, yeah that's, that's going definitely to be a what's going to happen. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, how do you all feel about Jordan Love as your potential quarterback to going at the back end of the second, early third? Like, you perfect. Well, fine with that. Like, yeah, he's somebody I'm kind of excited about because he has a lot of high upside. I feel like going into there just as like someone who might go off for high 20s, even 30 points a week. Now, he'll also give you an 11 or 10 point week in there as well. Just that's the nature of what their offense was this season. But I'm I'm feeling pretty good at the end of the second, early third, potentially getting Jordan Love. Yeah, I, that's probably fine. Um, Can we just I'll, talk about? That's, that's probably where I'll be taking skill players. Like I, I don't know what yeah, do you think. I, like, agree. I, I figure this group of like Love, maybe maybe I'm maybe my perception's off, but if I had to guess, the grouping of like all the way from like Lawrence and Dak and Purdy and Tua and Love and whoever else I'm missing, potentially. Um, probably Drake May ends up in this grouping. Yep. Jaden Daniels probably ends up in this grouping if he gets the draft capital we think he's going to get. Like, that crew will probably be going, like, simultaneously with the, like, um, McCaffrey and Gibbs and Amon Ra and A.J. Brown and Wilson and Alave and all those guys. Um so I think that's going to be an interesting, like that'll Puka. be, I think that'll be the decision point in Puka. Yeah. Like that'll, that'll probably be the decision point of, are you drafting a quarterback here or a position player here? Um, I think, I mean, just based on the structure of the draft, like my guess is, is where those guys will go depending on how much I've traded out and stuff. But like, I'll probably, already have drafted a quarterback with my first pick when the Jordan love and the two and them come up on the board. And, and I'll probably be more interested in taking like an Alave or a Garrett Wilson um, at that spot. But I don't know that I'll be like, I don't think I'll be offended by Jordan Love's ADP or anything like that. Would you have I love? Think... Would you rather have love or Tua? Love. Oh, Jordan love at cost. Not, not at cost. Like they're going to have the same cost. Like I'm just saying, would you rather have Jordan love or Tua? Hmm. Yeah, I might say yeah. Tua. Oh, I'm gonna take Jordan Love. I think I, I think Tua's. Yeah, I don't even think Tua's on the Dolphins as long as people I think, think take, he might I think, be. I think I would take Jordan Love too. Yeah. Also, shout out, shout out, Jacob, being uh, pro Jordan Love at this point in the season. Yeah, that guy, I was like the, the guy can that can sling the what, what's the he can sling the rock, chuck the mustard. Well, something with like the pill. I don't know. There's a whole, there's all these different like old school sayings. Anytime I watch Jordan Love play, I want to use like, like old school sayings, like rip the biscuit or whatever, just because he's always throwing off his back foot and slinging it. And like every, every Jordan Love throw is a no, 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 yes throw. Like, yeah. There'll be, there'll be a totally clean pocket and he'll throw it off his back foot for no apparent reason. You're like, that's a pick. And then it's like a, it's a dime. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, at least the last six, eight weeks of the season, they've always been done. So, yeah, I mean, he looks he looks sick. So hard to argue with it. Yeah, and then of course you're going to get like a weird veteran mix as well, especially into that third and fourth round. Uh, there's going to be just an insane veteran mix because Tyree Kill is still going to be there. What yeah. happens with Jalen Waddle now? How far does he fall? Look, for full tilt dynasty podcast listeners, we warned you about round two, Tua. We tried to warn you, and you fought us. Tooth and nail in the comments section on Twitter, in leagues, in draft rooms. 
nesting doll. Like, it just... Okay? Keep tuning in and stay locked. All all off-season. But we're going to get, like, T. Higgins, Ayuk, London, Diggs, DJ Moore is probably going to move back up. Michael Pittman Jr. re-sign. There's just going to be a weird 3-4-5 in, in the rounds this year that I'm just not even going to bother staring at running back at all, period. And it's all going to be wide receivers for me because it wide receiver kind of falls off quick, but then you got Zay, Tank, Nico. We haven't even talked about Nico Collins yet. And then in those mid-tier rounds, you're going to be able to pick up a guy like Will Levis, in, in the seven eight round, probably depending on who his coaches and if he keeps his job, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. There's some iffy parts to deal with Levis coming up here. Um, if he's still going to be the guy or not, but hey, I, I'm not 100% sure. But we've been called crazy a couple of times, but there's just going to be a weird set of tiers there where you're going to have to make some real decisions and you're going to be able to make up some huge value here just on the wide receivers alone. Haven't even really cracked tight ends because if Travis Kelsey is stick around, uh, still around if he doesn't retire, which I don't think he will, but if he did, that's a, that's a big piece missing in those mid-tier rounds. Yeah. But you're going to get well, hits. Hawk is going to have injury issues. And right. Has injury issues. Um, I mean, so we're going to get... It looks for a second Laporta was going to, but it sounds like he'll be fine for next year. Yeah, thank God. My dynasty tight end one is still alive and well. Uh, but you got Laporta... Being him, Kyle Pitts without Arthur Smith is going to inevitably boost his ADP up. Kincaid. Kincaid finished the year really strong. Uh, Trey McBride is the GOAT. And then, like, Kittle did really well this year. Yeah. Hawkinson's going to become a value. Jake Ferguson definitely helped his case. And Joku. Like, we haven't even talked about tight ends. There is more value in rounds four, five, and six than. I have seen in recent years. Like we, we talked uh, last year, a big talking point for us, for people who didn't listen was trade your, you know, four, five, six, four, two, and three to hammer more picks at that range. And I'm early just when I'm thinking about it. Cause I have not done a startup yet. I haven't done it. Not going to do it. Okay. Not until we get the fantasy points leagues going. I'm not going to do it, but Early on, I'm just getting a real strong vibe about how strong rounds four, five, six, even into seven are going to be. I think they're going to be very strong, and I think there are some obvious landmines that you can let your teammates fall on, especially early in ADP. So just throwing out a hypothetical here, because I'm looking at the round seven through eight and trying to think who's going to move up the most. I think that there's definitely a scenario this offseason where Atlanta is a dark horse to send an RG3 type offer to move up to get first overall to get a franchise quarterback to pair with all their young skill positions. Do you really think the Bears aren't going to just collect Caleb Williams? I I think there's a. We'll see. What odds? Let's let's, let's do this right now. What's everybody's odds on, let's say, um, Bears click Williams, Bears take May. Bears take Marvin Harrison. Bears trade back. If I had to put money on anything right now, it's Bears trade back. Ah, oh, you're a moron. 
So, so okay. <laughs> That's do we say all the time on the show that we make this or we think about teams trying to act rationally? <laughs> That's a soccer bat. And they never act rationally. That's such a soccer bat. How is that the sucker bet? That's the easy money bet. No, that's not. I'll I'll put okay, I'll I'll bet you a hundred dollars right now on air that they take a quarterback at one. You know what? Hundred bucks. Let's do it. Let's do oh! it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't oh think my it's like, god. I don't think it's hundred percent lock. I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say it's sixty percent chance they take Caleb, twenty percent <laughs> chance they take May. Five percent chance they take Harrison and fifteen percent chance they trade back. Uh, I think that if somebody comes to them with a three first offer, that that yeah. is going to be no, really tough for them so. to turn it down. And that's what. I, so I have Someone's been going to come with them with a three first offer. That's and I think lot. they take it. I think they take it. So I, I said the same thing. I think if they get an RG three offer, I think that it could benefit to take them depending on where that other pick is. Like if it's three, four, five. Like if somebody desperately moves up three, four, five, like I don't think it's going to be the Cardinals. I don't think they have to. I think the whole Kyler's going to get cut or traded thing was complete bullshit. I called it as much when it was happening, but the Commanders could come up. I think there's a bunch of teams that could come up. The Giants could come up. New England could come up. There's I think there's a bunch of teams that could potentially come up, and if it's within those first three or four picks, I think they could be content with Drake May. I think they could be content with if they're stacking three first round picks this well, year somehow. Well, you're down and getting May unless Washington does a two to one. I, I just guess, think like there's Yes, that's actually possible and then I would lose the bet, but that that's like uh that doesn't It's I know it's slim, but we've it's it has been done before. What I'm saying is there there are some other options for them if they want to take another young quarterback in the draft. Not saying it's the right thing to do. Go grab a tackle and then go grab a receiver and walk out of that feeling good about themselves in a complete rebuild. But it would take a God offer. It would take the RG3-esque offer for them to do it. Don't think it's it's what they're going to do, especially when they have another first-round pick just, they can trade back from. Look, I get there's some people that actually think that they should trade back. I just, I'm seeing so many people in the chat, so many people on Twitter, and like Lucas just said it. Like, So many people are, are just saying like, I don't think they should do this, but I think that they will do this. And it's like, I, I don't know. I think, they should. I think when you have it, when you have a bunch of people being like, I think this team is going to act irrationally. Like, I'm not saying it's impossible. They're going to act irrationally, but I, I don't think that the most likely scenario, unless we've, unless we're eventually given information, like obviously if a report comes out, like a legitimate report or the bears come out and say stuff, like we'll see. But like right now, everything is just rumors and speculation Right, and I, I think the most likely scenario oh. is that they're gonna not be morons. They, All right, so just just to clarify this a little bit right now, if they take any quarterback at one hundred and one, Jacob wins. If they, yeah, tra- I'm not gonna stake my bet on which quarterback they take. Yeah. I don't if have they trade back, I win. If they take MHJ at one hundred and one, then you win that too. Oh, I, I win that too. I was going to say yeah. then we would walk away uh, smiling and laughing. No, I'll give you that. That's wild. Oh, I'll give you that. that. Too. Man. I'll give you that too. I get I get Caleb May and uh well, I they're not gonna take anybody else, but theoretically if they took uh Bo Nix. or whatever one, then I win. So I'm I'm looking though at somebody who can really skyrocket up the board. And I think Kyle Pitts is a perfect example of that. Like right now, he's sitting almost in the 80s with how far down he is. I think he could be a mid-30s pick potentially whenever uh you're like the normal people are doing startups, uh, whether that is. Damn, uh, you pivoted really fast. 
you you got the outcome from Jacob on like how you win that hundred dollars, and you shifted gears faster than the guys at Top Gear when they get in a Lamborghini. You were like, nope, confirmed when I get the hundred dollars. Boom, Kyle Pitts is around eighty eighty. Like there was no break in your state. You went, you had me. Okay, remember my my autism, right? It takes a few minute for me to readjust. You went from without a break in wind. You just carried on to now Kyle Pitts is around 80 pick that could go into the mid thirties. Like I just wanted to shout out that transition because it took me a minute to realize that what you were saying had nothing to do with, with the bet. Like you just, you switched on that so fast. And in, in my mind, it still does. Cause I'm, I would love it just from a pure chaos, but also pure excitement standpoint to see someone like Atlanta trade up for 101. See sure. Caleb Williams there. I mean, I would um, love it Dijon. for Atlanta to do that. Yeah, like would that would be so much fun. That to happen. I would. That's easy. Would how it. would Tom Lee feel about that as our resident Falcons fan? Do you I think he would awesome. Okay, I think he would come back. I think he would come if back to Atlanta, the walkabout was, for that. If I was if I was Atlanta. I don't give a crap what the offer is. If the Bears allow me to move up to one and get Caleb Williams, I'll give them every single draft pack in this year's class and every single draft pick in next year's class. Yeah, I mean, right. it makes it like a Ricky and Williams I'll them, offer. And I'll give them a player too. Like, I, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's just, that's the most fun way after going through oh, three years of Author Smith. Like, that would be amazing like we they're deserve going this they're as gonna, fans. They're gonna hire bill belichick and they're gonna sign jimmy garoppolo enjoy why just just why why are you <laughs> even putting that out into the universe just so we have to hear it we have to deal with that we have to think about that i love this i love this go fund me for atlanta to trade up to 101 i would, I would i'll you got my hundred <laughs> i put my hundred in it does make so much sense it really does Oh, but man. you know who else it makes sense for to pick at one? The Bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh in turn, gosh. in turn, in turn, right? The the Fields in Atlanta thing. Fields has been and look, I've tried to like yeah, stay fun. away f- from this discourse. Oh, He's gosh. just not been a great quarterback. It if you're going to get Fields, right? It's probably going to cost you a second round pick. Let's say if it were Atlanta, it would be two oh eight. Right in the draft, and you, for a third. I, yeah. If they do draft, you're right. If they draft a quarterback, they're gonna have to get rid of him. So maybe you draft him for a third or trade him for a third. I don't hate that actually, but he's he also pass. would yeah. need to be attached to not Bill Belichick, right? Like he would need to be attached to someone. Like, like I get that uh, D'Amico Ryan's worked out for Stroud. I, I get that D'Amico Ryan's worked out for Stroud, but yeah, I am very much team. What, yeah, I know. I, I'm definitely team no, not a defensive coordinator like Eber Floofs for a young quarterback that needs to be developed. Right? Go and pay Ben Johnson his $15 million a year to to leave Detroit or whatever it actually is going to cost and then go make a move like that. That, to me, you're right. I think that does make the most sense. And well, I think that also, would be fine. But he's he's still just a mid-quarterback. Like, like I, I'm not... Look, I'd always rather the offensive coach hire, but like yeah. there, there are, there are tiers to the defensive coach hires, right? Like you go hire 36 year old Mike McDonald and it's like, okay, 
like I have some level of faith that he would then go out of his way to hire like a young, progressive, interesting offensive coordinator. Right. You hire Bill Belichick, like it's over for your offense until he's fired. Like he's actively hostile to offense. Like the man hired Matt Patricia to coordinate his offense. Um, and then we had to be forced to hire a real offensive coordinator at which his response to that was Bill O'Brien. So like right. whatever team signs or hires Bill Belichick, like I have grave concerns about the offense of that team. Um, whereas like a Mike McDonald, it's like, okay, wait and see who they hire as the offensive coordinator. You know, like I, I wouldn't be like overly dispirited if that's the hire or same with Raheem Morris, like these like younger defensive coordinators that aren't Bill Belichick. Like I'd be, I'd rather have Ben Johnson um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not writing off the possibility that offense emanates from their team. I, don't know. I will say if the Falcons do end up with Caleb Williams, I'm taking that hundred dollars. I just won from the bet and getting it for a Falcons, Caleb Williams helmet. It'll go back <laughs> here. I'll make sure it's extremely visible on every single show that I do from here on till I stop <laughs> doing shows. Uh, okay. And I don't care how much more I have to throw on top of that to get it. It, It'll be worth every penny. Okay. I just, I want, I want fun things, man. That's, that's what we really want. And the people who are doing their startup drafts right now, one, you all are delinquents and there's other things in life than just doing startup drafts, but you're also doing it because you really enjoy it. You're having fun with it. And this is fun. It's fun. Uh, you were talking about all the wide receivers, though, especially yeah. four, five, six. Get, get mm-hmm. us back on topic a little bit. Thank I will you. say there is a little bit of a lull going into the seventh and eighth round, where it seems like there's a lot of veterans there who I'm just, I'm just not excited about. Now, you might get a value in someone like Terry McLaurin, who's falling down the board and nobody really likes. But there's someone like Calvin Ridley sitting there, not a huge fan. Uh, Marquise Brown, that's at the very tail end, not a huge yeah. fan there. Uh, Chris Godwin. So there's there's some ways that you can talk yourself into drafting these wide receivers, but I much rather be hammering the running backs there. Not that me. Particular portion. Well, like you have Tajay Spears who's going in the same spot. Uh Isaiah Pacheco is going you, in about the whatever, same range. Whatever Tajay Spears' ADP shows up as, forget about that. Because that's 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 ancient history. That guy's that guy's ADP moves up faster than the price of gas. Yeah. That right. guy's gonna be like a fifth round pick. He's already he's already being he's already being discussed should I trade rookie one ten one nine for him in places now. Honestly, I'm yeah. fine with getting Austin Eckler in the eighth round. Oh, miss me with that. Eighth miss round, me. I'm fine with that. Here, how about Jalen Warren or Chris Godwin? Neither. Eighth. I would find hilariously somebody better than that. There's going to be a rookie that falls into that spot, and I will just yeah, draft yeah, them. This is without rookie consideration. Sure. I would just take a kicker. It Because we talked, if it's not that, it would be in the placehold of, of rookies at the very beginning of this. I would just take the kicker. I just, I would, I just would. Like it, you're gonna get guys like Will Levis there. I'll just take Will Levis, right? There's gonna be, there's gonna be like a Michael Mayer somewhere in that eighth round. I'll just take him, right? Like, okay. There is gonna be a ton of a ton of value there, but I'm I'm not taking the running backs. Like I said, outside of those top three, even four with Taylor, who we have completely just skipped over today because maybe I've just tailored out at this point. But he is my dynasty RB five, so. He's definitely going to be in those top four rounds. 
Oh, for sure. I'm I'm, not, I'm just not taking the running backs, right? I'm not going to draft McCaffrey, Etienne, and this is me saying it to myself. McCaffrey, Etienne, Walker will draft Achan, so I kind of lied. But Barkley, Jacobs, White, Pollard, Cook, Javante. Like I'm not I'm not drafting these guys. Maybe Kyron, but Kyron's another guy that's going to be in that fourth and fifth round. Too much value is going to get pushed down for me to take guys like Chris Godwin. It's just there's too much value going to get pushed down. So is well, Will Levis? Sorry, go ahead, Jacob. Oh, just it'll be really interesting with the running backs. Like, I mean, we've been talking about it, but the the, the draft class is really poor, and so I think the way to attack that is probably like you know, it's, it's probably taking a lot of shots at running backs that people perceive to be fragile. Right. So I think like some of these guys are going to bust out to get replaced or they're just not going to be good or whatever, but I definitely intend to be uh, maybe the ADP makes us prohibitive, but at least going into the off season, I will want to be overweight on the like Rashad white, Kyron Williams, Ty J Spears, Isaiah Pacheco, James cook, like um, whatever, think of a running back that's like a incumbent with theoretical risk to them. Mm-hmm. Like I would want to be overweight that group um, collectively. And so if I'm looking at it from the context of a startup, like um, probably want to save some bullets for that um, tier of running backs, but we'll see, like I'm going to have to get into the startup weeds more and get a feel for what pockets well- I want to draft in. Cause it's, it's so hard because you don't know what your team is and, and then it's almost like the first couple startups I do, it's like we're kind of shooting blind. And then we start looking at, all right, I like my teams a lot better when I'm taking wide receivers early, or I like my lot teams a lot better when I'm taking running backs early. It's just, it's hard to say well, right now. I think it's also important to remember by saying that this is early, people loathe running backs at this time of the year. So running back ADP is going to sink right now. So to Jacob's point, maybe right now is the time to be drafting them because you're going to see guys fall to the six, seven, eight that realistically maybe shouldn't. There's going to obviously be the hype ones, the league winners, the Kyron Williams, etc., that are going to move up. A-chan is going to move up, but I think he's right in terms of like the the whites who's going to just have like a constant stink on him. Uh, Kenneth Walker, Barkley, Cook. There's just going to be some guys that have perpetual stink on them at this time of year from the anti-RB crowd. RB, like remove the RB spot from fantasy well, uh, folks are going to push that. I mean, I think maybe the, so I think you can make a decent case for the Barclays. And I think like you can also, especially late in drafts, if you want to draft like James Connors and Aaron Joneses and Joe Mixon's and stuff, like I think that's Derek Henry. Totally reasonable. Um, I think the ones that are a little bit more interesting to me is just like those guys, I don't know, are going to see like the value rise over the off season as much because I think it's, it's more just like, Oh, they're old. Um, but I, I do think there's like a lot of potential for those younger guys to be profitable picks before the season even starts, where if you can get them in February and March into your portfolio, when I think people see them as a little bit fragile, I think most of them are going to survive free agency in the draft more than this type of mm-hmm. running back normally would in a normal year where the draft class was better. And then come july and august like i think those will be the picks that you look back on your startups and say like oh man like what a bargain that guy who's sure. in the seventh is now going in the fourth and then you can do what you want with those guys like i'm not so sure i'll be very interested um i mean so i don't i don't i wouldn't pick like one individual 
to time the market with because I think each of them is volatile. But I, I do think just as an asset class, I think that those young, fragile running backs are going to probably be valued higher collectively in the late summer than they will in the early spring. That is a good point. Do you have, do you have a favorite? So um, when I when when I'm talking about running backs, there's definitely players that I think you're right. Mid age plus previous production, etc. They're going to turn out to be more valuable later than they are now. And I, it's going to be crazy for me to say this into a microphone, but like Najee Harris in the tenth round, right? Najee Harris in the eleventh round for 240 touches. I think that's a totally fine bet to make with years left on the contract, et cetera. I think that's a fine bet to make for his production. And then guys like Kendra Miller, like the, the, the low tier sophomore running backs that didn't have a great run are going to be a lot of my favorite bulletin shots to take because looked good when he played towards the end of the year, et cetera. Cap hell, there's ambiguity there. And oh my god, I couldn't even say the word right. But it can be it. There's a path to it being ambiguous. Jesus Christ, can't even speak at this point. But I think those two are going to be two of my favorites because they're going to go way later than I think their production is going to show. Like round five, round six, Najee bad. Round ten, round eleven, Najee more than fine. Especially if you've just punted the position completely. So Keaton Mitchell and. And Najee are like my two favorites that are going to kind of be like. Mitchell ever going to do anything in the NFL again though? Or not Keaton Mitchell. Sorry, Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller. Sorry, I forgot. Not Keaton Mitchell, but Kendra Miller. Like Jerome Ford is going to move up. Would have been one of my favorite um, uh, bets this whole offseason if he didn't shred his leg. Yeah, absolutely. He would have been. He would have been perfect. But like guys like Jerome Ford, he's going to be kind of ambiguous. Yeah, I think Aaron Jones like. I, I think you're right, Lucas, in that there's going to be running backs to take in the fifth round. I just don't think it's those ones that I want to place my money on. So I was saying like the seventh, eighth, whatever, like all the wide receivers I'm really excited about are gone. Yeah. I'm okay then going after some of these running backs who, you know, you're not excited about, but they're mm. going to be fine. They're going to be RB2s. I'm good with going there. I think you all outlined like Kendra Miller's probably the last running back on the board who I'm like, I feel okay about like he gets me a little bit excited before i'm just hammering rookies after that i don't think a ton of rookies are going to be ranked above kendra miller but we'll see after the draft there's going to be people who are really excited about some landing spots but that's then where i'm okay with stacking some rookies on my roster and hoping that something breaks for me there i think there's more i think there's like chase brown i think that he's going to be a fantastic bet to make and he's not going to cost you much there's just other good bets. I mean, Devin Singletary is going to be a good a good bet to make later, right? Like he's I I truly believe higher up than Kendra Miller. Apologies. That's, yeah, I think that that's totally going to be dependent on whether or not he comes back. And I know that he said he wants to come back, but I definitely want a yacht. But if I called them and asked for one, they may not give it to me. Um, Devin Singletary says he'd like to be back. Lost Jacob for a minute. Um, Devin Singletary likes to be back, but of course he wants to be back because, hey, team, the only team that was about to give me 85% of the touches, I'd like to come back now. No shit. <laughs> I just I just think there's going to be other bets, man, and especially with, with the running back landscape it is, and I think there's going to be the same thing for wide receivers. I was very much team not Ridley last year, and I think there's going to be more situations like that. 
wide receiver is quite often the most replaceable spot for production. I think guys like Devontae Adams are going to fall. Cooper Cup is going to fall. Like if you're talking about your wide receiver two or three on your team, Amari Cooper, even though he was absolutely goaded this year, people are going to really move up. Rasheed Rice. Um, yeah. Guys like Keenan Allen are going to continue to fall. George Pickens, I don't know what's going to happen with. Like, there's just guys very deep at the position as we get Jacob back and we bring him in. Um, that I, maybe you are, maybe you're right. Maybe I was a little too quick to be dismissive, but I think there's going to be even better wide receiver values at at seven, eight, nine, ten with some of these guys getting pushed out and then rookies coming in. It happens every year, right? What happens with Mike Evans? What happens with Calvin Ridley? What happens with Cooper Cup? Like, it's it's going to be a weird offseason, and maybe it is beneficial to start now. I don't have it in me to do, but, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll truly see. But, yeah, I think I think – some closing thoughts here on the, the draft strategy for me as we get in, and this is just a little preview, right? We're obviously going to get into more of this, especially on uh dynasty points market report, uh, which again records tomorrow and will be out Thursday or Friday as this podcast. When you're listening to it, will be out a day after uh, we do this live, which by the way, watch live, you know, there's a little bit extra in there for you. I think that the, again, it's going to be trade back season. I think everyone's kind of caught up to that. I think there's some opportunity to take some more sixth, seventh, eighth rounders than in years past. And I think that the third, fourth, and fifth round is going to be, there's a ton of gold there. I think, I think you can feel comfortable about moving out of those one and two spots and still coming out just fine. I think the biggest surprise for me is is going to come in round three. I think more extremely valuable quarterbacks are going to go in round three than people are ready for. Guys like Purdy, etc. I think that tier, you're going to see him go in round three because they're not exciting. So don't be afraid to smash those wide receivers and maybe one of them young stud running backs in that second round. Don't be afraid this year. Jacob, final thoughts? Uh, fun season. Great season. Uh if you're thinking about thinking folks, you'll get an article. Um, I'm just kind of waiting to get a better gauge of ownership projections. And then I'm going to write up uh, my thoughts on the FFPC playoff challenge. Uh, you will get an updated dynasty rankings. And then you will get uh, my written version of the stuff I got wrong, stuff I got right, process review stuff. Then we'll probably, that'll all be in the next, this week, next week, maybe a week after. And then we'll probably uh, hibernate for a few weeks and then we'll start coming <laughs> back. Um, and yeah, I mean, for folks that started up with me last year, that's kind of when thing what things started was in late February, early March. So we'll be alternating between some more evergreen dynasty strategy stuff um, and some rookie content. And we'll be back and forth between the two. So excited, uh, excited for all that. Um, we'll probably bring back sweat and bolt at some point. We kind of went on, on a holiday break Um I think we'll probably stay on a break for roughly the same time period that we've been doing this, but you'll probably get some sporadic episodes of that throughout the off season. And then, um, uh, yeah, for that's, that's it. That's it. That's all. I just want to make sure that when you, when you put like, you know, Jordan love 
and you're potentially got wrong just like tom was first i think that like just like a little no i think just... the comment section was first but you were second okay fair fair yeah it's true i was right there i started i started that though i fucking i started that right there on this program right uh, hey look obviously some hits are gonna hit and some misses are gonna miss um we do do that every year by the way for people thinking that we're just sitting here patting ourselves on the back we do have shows dedicated in the off season to how absolutely brutal some of our takes are don't worry that that that's gonna come back lucas you have some pretty cool stuff coming uh as well final thoughts and let's talk that for a minute so yeah tomorrow night we are doing a show with fantasy points Mr. Josh Chevalier, correct me right. if I said his last name wrong. Chevalier is correct. The lead of college Chevalier. content. Yeah, so really, really excited about that. We are doing a Devi mock tomorrow night. Uh, it is going to be a projected Devi mock with what the startup class is going to look like. Uh, we're going to have some assumed declares in there. We'll see if Travion Henderson makes it into the draft or not. Right now, he's I'm thinking not. To, right? I mean, he's, de he's declaring. He's I mean, declaring. Well, there's we'll no see. way he's not declaring if Judkins transferring there. Is yeah, there? which is going to be wild. Uh, aside from our Debbie mock draft tomorrow night, throughout the offseason, we're going to have some recaps on everything that's been going on since essentially the transfer portal opened all the way through national signing day through the bowl games and now national championship so we have a ton to recap as well as doing our mocks we'll probably do some wrap-ups on what the 2024 rookie class looks like from our devi perspective people were excited for before that's of course passed on to this show and yeah really really excited we also have some giveaway stuff so make sure you tune into that show tomorrow night for us to announce that that uh i believe we're going to do it live there may also be a non-live version released later on where uh, we'll we'll try some things out but really really excited right. about that excited to interact with uh, more of the fantasy points crowd so make sure you tune in look if you are a fan of college football and Debbie content. That is something not currently provided by fantasypoints.com. You're going to want to tune in to the full tilt Debbie pod over on the full tilt YouTube channel. When Josh is on, we might do it live here. Not hundred percent sure on that, but you're going to want to tune in fantastic college and Debbie content in a field where there's just not enough of that content speaking of giveaways before we get out of here i just want to point out we mentioned cj stroud rookie card has arrived in my house and we are planning out the giveaway on top of that the kyron williams league winner signed rams jersey has also arrived at my house we're planning that giveaway and for the third giveaway we have a signed kelly green Michael Vick jersey that has arrived at my house and we are planning that giveaway last year's winners if you have not claimed it and you have not dm'd me from the full tilt giveaways now is your time do so okay because at some point the stuff that is in my house right now must leave it so please before my fiance murders me Please, so far only four people have reached out and we have way more than that. So please, I'll post again, get back to me. Aside from that, remember, Dynasty Points Market Report, the second Dynasty Points show weekly is getting recorded tomorrow. That will be out. This show specifically 
takes a hiatus until the 27th of February. It's going to be a break. But don't worry. The Dynasty content and the Devi content does not stop here at FantasyPoints.com. One thing we did not mention real quick, and I want to do it, and I actually completely forgot. So this is going to be a little bonus portion for anyone that stuck around. The Super Bowl predictions at the start of the year. So far, Jacob is the only one. Oh, no, not really. Lucas has a realistic uh, possibility as well. I had Bengals 27, Eagles 23. That's for sure not happening with the Bengals. Jacob, you had Ravens. stopping the Eagles. Ooh, yeah, the Eagles are losing to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. It's just going to happen. Jacob had 30, uh, Ravens 38, Cowboys 31. Very possible. I hope the Ravens get the Cowboys because, man, they're just going to run it straight down their 200-pound linebackers' throats, and I'm going to thrive. And Lucas, you had the Bills 38, the Eagles 35. Bills are the scariest team in the playoffs for me. They are terrifying. Eagles are dead to rights. Right. So... If does anyone want to do a redo? Does anyone I mean, want to do a redo? Like if I was picking today, I would just pick the Ravens and 49ers, but I'm not going to do a redo. I I I have like it would I have a realistic enough chance that I don't think it's worth sacrificing the chance of getting it right in the preseason by backing right. out now. Okay. So, do I actually think the Cowboys have the best chance to get out of the NFC? No. But I definitely think that they could. So I don't. I don't. I'm not going to sacrifice my my Nostradamus equity by pivoting to the 49ers at this juncture. I appreciate that you're sticking to it at a principle. You are a man of principle. I respect that, Lucas. Redo, you, you or are you just? Eagles, buddy. <laughs> I'm. You know what? I'm going to maintain it. I don't feel great with the Eagles being in there. But I'm feeling really good about the Bills, and I didn't feel good about them for a very long time. Uh, They're probably, aside from the Ravens, probably the hottest team in the NFL right now. Uh, So really, really excited about it. Uh, Go and maintain it, 38-35 Bills. Uh, I hope I pronounced this name right. I'm probably going to fuck it up, so I apologize. But I kind of like Shadrach Abaki's pick, Ravens 33, Rams 24. Let me know if I said that right, because I will get it right. I'm big on that. I will eventually get it right. Uh, look, I'm fun, man. I'm love, going. Uh, uh, I, I would love if the Rams made the Super Bowl. That would make me very happy. I am going to go uh, a little different direction. I am going to go Browns <laughs> oh my God. and Niners. And I have the Niners winning. Uh, and I'll call that game 28, 24. Are they going to keep the lights on this time? (laughs) You kind of nailed the name brother. Hey, let's go. I can read those, but I can't, I can't read the alphabet, but I'm, I'm good at names that might confuse, um, you know, people with my pigment. So that's good. Can we do picks? Can we do picks quick? Uh, let's just do the whole bracket here. So I got, Oh, okay. You want to do the bracket? Well, that's, yeah, it's just at least this week. So this week, um, I'm picking. Let's see. Uh, we're, honestly, it's hard. There's only there's only two games that I feel like very confident about. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pick the pick. Do AFC first. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Texans. Okay. Um, and I'm going to pick. 
I've been going back and forth with the Miami Kansas City game the entire week, so I don't even know that what I say now is going to be what I actually feel by the time we get to it. But as of today, I'm picking Miami. Uh, then uh, I'm taking Buffalo, obviously. Uh, and then I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to take the Rams, and I'm going to take the Bucks. Okay. I don't hate that at all. Lucas. Uh, so I'm going to go with Browns, Chiefs, Bills, and then going with uh, Dallas, uh, Detroit, and Philadelphia. Yeah, I know it's pretty much. Oh, I'm Lucas. I took six That's favorites. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> okay, I'm taking Buffalo for sure. Uh, I think. Yeah, come yeah. on, people. Some, I'm taking some, Miami. Have some risk. Take take the Steelers. Come on. I'm taking no. No one's taking the Steelers, especially if TJ Watt's not playing. Like the no, the Mason Rudolph train has to end at some point, and it ends in Buffalo. Um, I'll take Buffalo. I'll take Miami, and I will take Cleveland. I will take Tampa. I will take the Rams, and I will take Green Bay. In the oh NFC side, Green Bay. Wow. wow, I'm taking Green Bay. Holy Dallas cannot God. stop the run, and all look, all Green Bay has to do is go where's CD Lamb, because Dakota Prescott you refuses to look run. anywhere else. Basically. And that's not a good strategy. Yeah, and I think I think it's totally fair, but I think without some help, the Cowboys struggle against teams that are good, especially away from home. So give me Green Bay away from home. Or, yes. no, or sorry, they're they're at home. Sorry, I messed that up. I'm thinking the I'm if, I'm in Philly and, and when, Tampa Bay mode, like, but really they just struggle the against beat. any team that's good. Like I mean, they beat. I mean, they beat Detroit. They beat Philly. Like that. Are they, they good? I mean, if if I don't know, if Philly's good. Detroit's good. I still think the Rams are going to beat just, Detroit. I want so bad. I think the Rams the are going to beat play. Detroit too, but that's I think the Rams are good. I mean. If, if if Detroit's not good, then then that's like saying if there's like four good teams or something, which is possible. okay. I get that. I get that. I I don't like, I, I don't trust like death taxes and Dallas losing in the first round, especially to Green Bay. I think is you said yourself I mean, that you're betting against Dallas a long time ago when it came to the first round. Well, I, I thought I thought the Eagles were going to win the division, and I thought Dallas was going to have to travel. And I and I think Dallas, <coughs> I I don't trust Dallas whatsoever on the road. Um, and I think that like as much as I'm sticking by the Dallas Super Bowl pick, um, that I made preseason, like I I don't I think they're pretty dead if they have to travel to San Francisco. But if somehow someone else can knock off San Francisco for them, and they don't have to play a road game, then I don't think anyone's beating them in Dallas. Fair, okay. I'm still taking Green Bay. And then I guess you won't be here for the second round. We have our Super Bowl picks, so I don't think that second round will matter yeah, in the end. I'll take the 49ers in Dallas to win in the second round, and I'll take Baltimore and Buffalo to win because I'm going to be a chicken after some of the fun upsets. Oh, <laughs> look, he's only I'll taking the favorites. And then I'll take Baltimore. And then, I, I mean, I guess, like I said, I'm sticking with Dallas for my pick for the bit, but like I would – give them a very small chance to beat San Francisco. Uh, and then I'll take Baltimore in the Super Bowl. That I'm sticking with regardless. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Baltimore would lose to Cleveland. I think they would beat Houston. So 
They're not going to lose to Cleveland. Come on. I think they – look, that, just, that's I watched like, this prepare his parts right now. I think, I think Baltimore. Okay. Hey, no one said the Ravens would lose to Tennessee in 2019, except for me. So there you go. I think Baltimore is. I think I think Buffalo is very live to be terrifying. Here. But I also think Buffalo is live to lose to literally anyone. Like they they just play such a ridiculous. Like no one can stop them, but they can stop them. So it's just a matter That's of like, well, Buffalo. Well, like I don't think any defense can stop the Buffalo offense, but I think the Buffalo offense is very capable of stopping the Buffalo offense. So it's just a matter of like I could so easily see Buffalo like blowing a game to not the Steelers, but to any of the other like <laughs> AFC teams that are clearly worse than them. And I could also see them knocking off Baltimore and Baltimore. Like it, anything is on the table every time the Bills take the field. If if they had gotten anyone other than the Steelers, like if they'd even gotten a semi-serious opponent, like if it was like the Jags or whatever. I would be like, Buffalo is way better than this team, and yeah. they could easily lose. Like, I think we have varying opinions on how serious the Jags are as a football team. Unserious, but, but more serious than Pittsburgh. Fair. Hey, although Mason Rudolph been on a heater, been on a heater. Just saying, no franchise quarterback Mason Rudolph. Right? Anyone? No. Okay. Do you, think, do you think that this year's Steelers are the worst team to ever make the NFL playoffs? No. Yeah. No. Actually, no. I actually think. If we're going to talk about the worst team to make the playoffs, I would still call it Tampa Bay. That division is so horrendous, and they won oh, nine nothing against Carolina. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the Chumpa Steelers Bay. Lost to the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals in back to back weeks at home. Yeah, that's and good somehow point. still made the playoffs after. That's that, a really good point. Because wild. of franchise quarterback Mason Rudolph. That's why they did it. I will say I am adopting the Lions just to get make out it hurt more. I just uh, I'm rooting for them. My, I, I so badly want them to just like, win at least one playoff game. That's I have I, I have one super like the strongest take I have for this playoffs is that Baltimore won't get eliminated this weekend. My number two strongest take is that the Rams are beating Detroit and Detroit. Yeah, I don't it's know gonna happen. Take on that game, like I think that the Rams are like the classic they, soccer bat, where it's like, oh, like there's this like trendy team that everybody likes, and they're hot, and they're going on the road versus a team that's been like clearly better than them all year, and yet I'm I'm gonna take it. Like it, it strikes me completely. This, this reminds me of like the San Francisco. I have a reason. Two if years ago, where it. I was like, I think that it's a soccer bat, but I also just think they're gonna win, and that's how I feel about this game. What's your reason? <laughs> My reason is that Goff turns into a pumpkin under pressure and no one can block Aaron Donald and the rest of their pass rush has been good and the Rams are healthy. Like, they are healthy. We're talking about Jamison Williams, who not only sucks, but was held out of the last week. Reynolds got hurt. Laporta got hurt. Rams can stop the run. And you're telling me that in a revenge game where the Lions have banned Stafford jerseys from what I, I read today, did not look into that if absolute, it was true or not. It is. You're telling me that Matt Stafford isn't walking back into Detroit as a Super Bowl champion and throwing for 500 yards against a wishy-washy pass defense with the best rookie wide receiver the NFL has ever seen and a healthy Cooper Cup. They're just healthy, and McVay is in his bag. Rams can run the ball. They can score with anyone. They can turn the ball over, and they do the one thing that can make Jared Goff turn back into a pumpkin. Pressure him right in his face with the greatest interior defensive lineman the NFL has ever seen. 
I, I just think the writing is there for a classic golf meltdown game. Oh, I love that. And I love there's nothing I love more than watching. Right? Let's really let's go. It's gonna happen. Stafford's coming in. Oh, I agree. I'm picking the Rams in this game, but I'm I'm yeah. like doing it like I'm just nonchalantly. I'm never taking I'm never taking Jared Goff over Matthew Stafford. Like it's just I'm not gonna do that. I have I have like some principles. That's why I keep going back and forth over this freaking Kansas City Miami game because I think the Chiefs suck. Right. Can't cover grass. They can't cover the turf. I think that the Chiefs are a deeply unserious team. Yes. I think that they are not long for this playoffs. I, I don't think that they're any good at all. I don't think there's a switch to be flipped. I think they, they just are an incompetent offensive operation. And I also refuse to pick Tua fucking Tagovailoa in a game that's going to be like minus 19 with the wind chill. So I don't know who yeah. to pick. I want to pick against both these loser teams. So I think so I picked Miami, but again, I think Kansas City's path to victory is the same thing as the Rams, aside from the Rams offense just being better. Chris Jones can single-handedly win them that game. The Miami center is one of the worst players I've ever watched play football, and Chris Jones could just decide to absolutely disrupt that game. Oh. Stoke and Karloftis, and again, no pass rush from Miami. There is none. They're they're all out. The They've got one I- outside linebacker. They had Melvin Gordon in coverage on running backs. <laughs> it's embarrassing. The only thing that I can say for the Miami, for Miami side is like I, all their injuries are mostly on defense. Their offense is going to be presumably healthy, assuming most certain wall will play. Um, I read revenge game at all, but I, I chiefs secondary is better than their run defense. They're vulnerable against the run. And I think that Miami can just, pound HN and Mostert like 20 times each in a really cold game and have legitimate success. And like, I don't know. Cold games for players that play in the heat, bad for hamstrings. Injuries even matter against the chiefs offense. Like this is no, can they, can they do anything? No, I don't know. It's they're just, they're the worst watch in the NFL. They have the best. They have one of the best players in NFL history and the worst watch in the entire NFL. It's just so frustrating. Two of the best players in NFL history. Thank you very yeah. much. We will not respect Lord Kelsey. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I want to see Miami. So this is this is, a, this is a this is a hell of a bonus like section we got going on right now. But can I just say that watching Miami run a total of three plays every week pisses me off. They ran that counter tray toss into oblivion, even when it wasn't working, and the linebackers were just shooting the gap and ran nothing off of it. They run that Tyreek Hill swing motion post sit and then yeah. nothing else. It's it's so aggravating to watch. And like Tua's ball leaving his hand is just like one of the slowest ducky-ish I mean, passes I've ever watched. Watching Tua play in minus 19 with the wind shell is going to be an absolute privilege. Right. And that's why I like took Miami, have, but... That ball's going to flutter. All it's, it's going to take... I took Miami when we went through the bracket, but all it's going to take is a classic Mahomes game. If if Mahomes can just like be Mahomes for one week and not, if they can just not give the ball to the opposing team two times in a row for touchdowns inside their own ten yard line, they'll be fine. I just want them to be serious. I want the Chiefs to win. No punting after the forty five. Like I like look. I mean, everybody knows my thoughts on Tua. I don't want him to win a playoff game. I don't want his fans to feel vindicated. I want to throw four interceptions and look like shit. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I have no faith in the Chiefs to be serious whatsoever. They're, they're, they're an unserious team. 
So I'm I'm begging them to be serious, but I don't want to put my faith in it. I don't want to I don't want to get hurt in this game. That's why I'm taking I'm taking Miami as an emotional hedge. An emotional hedge to take Miami. Oh, that's sick, man. I can tell you, I, I don't want Baltimore to see Buffalo at all this playoff, so a miracle needs to happen sometime because I, do, I don't want to see it. We, no, we've been out here. Baltimore's winning the Super Bowl this year. Don't worry about it. Oh, I, can't, I can't do that. I can't accept it. I can't do it. Not until it actually happens. I can't do it. I hope so. I really hope so. We're not going to see each other until, well, the 27th. That's uh, just after, I think, the week after the Super Bowl. So we'll be able to talk about it. Uh, when we get back, we're at an hour and a half. That was a crazy ass bonus, but I loved every minute of it. This is a fantasy podcast, but anytime we get to talk fucking high T football on this show, uh, I'm all about it. About it, about it. I appreciate everyone. Watch out for the market report. Check out the Devi show. Lots of stuff happening. Fantasypoints.com and the Dynasty community. We're here for you this year more than ever before. From myself, for Jacob. For Lucas, thanks for watching, and remember that clear eyes, full hearts can never lose, and your best days are always spent tilting. Good night, everybody.